Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 31. I'm Michael John Simpson. This week, our guests are Rex Broom and Christina Bulbenko, co-founders of Burbank, California indie rock band, The Armoires. I've known Rex for many years through various bands and music projects. On Easter Sunday, I got to meet Christina, a.k.a. Sally, and hear how she and Rex met and started their band and how it has endured since the passing of The Armoires' third co-founder, Christina's son, Ian. We sat in their recording studio and talked about music, elderly profanity, the stories behind songs, family bands, teaching, skates and rays, CBGB's bands, Blondie, late 70s music, cover songs, stand-up comedy, reasons to create, aging rock stars, Ian Bulbenko's life and death, the decision to continue with the armoires, coping with loss, upcoming armoires gigs and recordings, rocket scientists, TV theme songs, community healing, genuine happiness, naming the band, and moving on. Keep a tissue handy for this one. Playing with the lights, here's episode 31 of the Something Something Experience. There are neighbors. Total mixture of, of, uh, of um, cultures yeah. and things. So yes, cultures and things. Go ahead and scoot on in. And here's yours, Rex. It was hiding. Here's yours, then. <laughs> As we play musical beer. This is, pretty much, <laughs> this is pretty much the way things roll around here at Armour Central. <laughs> cool. Um, Happy Easter. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cheers. Indeed. Um, Sal, did you want one more smoke before we... No. Quit? No, you're good? Okay. All right. We, we may a 45 minutes or an hour in need to take a break for such things. Oh, all right, yeah. So, smoke breaks happen. Yeah, smoke breaks happen. It's right? all good. It's okay. all good. So, so, uh, let's talk music and stuff. Music and stuff? Yeah. We do both of those things. <laughs> so, well, Rex, I've known you forever. Yeah, um, we've known each other for a while. We met through Audra. Audra, yeah. Uh, a long time ago, back in the long, long ago, back in the 1900s. <laughs> This Close, yeah. pretty much get, which pretty much gets mentioned every single episode <laughs> of the podcast, um, and every as long as I've known you, you've been in some freaking band or other. <laughs> That's not untrue. Yeah. Even um, when I'm not gainfully employed in my own band, my dad seems to grab me to yeah, play something. Yeah, and my daughter. <laughs> Your trips out to West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So some people would be probably uh, thrilled to hear Thunder Hill mention. Oh, I'm wearing a Thunder Hill T-shirt. Thunder Hill, yeah, yeah. 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 There's my dad. Oh, their 50th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. The 50th anniversary t-shirt, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I did the uh, album art sure uh, did. for the for the Skates and Rays album record, uh, yeah. based on one of your, your lovely um, aquatic uh, seahorse painting. Uh, on a refrigerator. On a refrigerator yeah. door, no less. <laughs> Photographed it and uh, did the layout myself. The layout, and it's fantastic. I yeah. still have that CD, and, and, and it's one of the few I kept, so... Me too. I actually have. Uh, it's a million seller. I've got a million in my cellar. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know why. But that seemed almost like a Bob Saget joke. <laughs> my grandmother used to tell me I look like Bob Saget. You kind of do, actually, oh. except for the blonde hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had yeah. That. This is my attempt to differentiate. Myself. Yeah, differentiate <laughs> from Bob. And some people don't. Yeah, right. you don't get that. That uh, I'll, I'll suck your dick for cocaine or whatever <laughs> stuff on the on the sidewalk. So um, language is no barrier on this. So and I, I we t- are I, teachers, though. I know, do. So. Uh, I do tend to have a a, a, a bit of a sailor's mouth. So. Uh, well, if you listen to our songs, you will 
hear it. She loves to invite her students to uh, to shows and. And then I don't do certain songs. Yeah, like I can't even hear myself drink. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, maybe we better not do that one. Yeah, right we'll now. skip that one for the show that all the kids are coming to. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that for the next. Do you time. like the They Might Be Giants the deal where you do a daytime matinee for the kids and then uh, a grown up show after eight o'clock? Yeah, Rex had to change a, a pretty incredible lyric. In a Bagfoot Run. I did, yeah. Yeah. Because my daughter was actually playing with us, my 14 year old oh, yeah. daughter. So it was an all ages Well, it's show. not like she hasn't heard it anyway. Well, but. no, no. when she plays with me and my dad, when she plays with her granddad, she hears way worse stuff than me. <laughs> I mean, isn't, stop. Old, isn't old people cussing magical? I mean, it's like. I, we, we moved, we, when, right before, when we were still in escrow, we went by the place for the last walkthrough. This is after the inspection. And as we were leaving, uh, Danny and I were leaving and we were driving out and we saw this this little circle of people sitting on chairs out in the you know at one of the other quads in our in our whole development and this this old lady kind of stands up and toddles over to us and I said yeah hi we're buying number blah 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 and she's like oh wow did she finally sold it huh I said yeah I said oh was it was it was it her and the boyfriend I said, no, I think it was just her. She goes, oh, that's good. He was an asshole. <laughs> and she says, and she's like 85, and, and she's like, or maybe even older, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry about my language. I said, it's okay. We speak, speak French. She goes, well, fuck good. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like this sprightly old, like, Catholic lady, and she just curses up a storm, and it just, it just makes me just tingle all over every time I have an interaction with her because it's so delightful. Right, right. <laughs> well, since we're going blue already, I, I guess I could explain those that little lyrical change I had. Do it. Uh, it was, oh, I yeah. Mean, the funny thing about that song, Backfoot Run, it's a, it's a country song. It's a supposedly a true story that was told to me by a friend about trying to jump on a train and, and leave town um, and failing uh, because his, uh, as soon as he jumped on the train, his shoes went flying off. So he got a little ways down the track and kind of realized, you know, I'm this not going to get far without this, shoes. This whole hobo life is not really all it's cracked up to be. But now I've gone this far and I have to walk all the way back barefoot. Um, yeah, uh, his mom was uh, working in a grocery store <laughs> and he was waiting for her to get off her shift. And he managed to walk all the way back with these bags on his feet that he borrowed from bag a Bagfoot run. run. Yeah. Sounds like a place, but it was actually what he did. Wow. Um, and there was this, uh, it's the bridge, I guess, where... I say not so much to do. Yeah, you go sniffing dope. No, yeah, smoking this, dope and sniffing glue. This was long before the days of crystal meth. Yeah. Now, yeah. I first did the de- when I first did this song, Miranda was when I did the demo for it ages ago. Miranda, who's fourteen now, plays yeah. bass with us. Yeah. Sometimes, um, yeah. and with my dad, whom we've just been talking about. Um, uh, she was less than one, and she was wandering, like kind of crawling around my feet while I was recording those exact lyrics this uh, this these horrible nasty right, things right. um and i ended up recording some of her little coos and yeehaws and, and incorporating them into the demo um <laughs> so years later uh there she is playing bass for me so there's not there's not so much there's not too much just to do, do just smoking dope, dope and, and sniffing glue. glue this was long before the days of crystal meth right. talking about how a small town has gone to hell which yeah. is another yeah. you know, whole other topic but yeah. uh, so John so, so he played as Hendrix loud did some things he wasn't proud that little town <laughs> was, was born, born to him death, to death. So yeah. that part's okay but I actually managed to um, modify it and kind of keep it true to its country roots I said there's not there was not too much to do, just holding hands and pitching woo. Yeah. Which is Haggard, Merle Haggard. From, yeah, totally, uh, from, totally. It's from uh, um, 
Uh, Okie from Muskogee. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a lift from one of the songs my dad did, you know. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's the thing. In those small towns, you're either drinking, doing drugs, or trying to get laid. And that's pretty much all there is to do. As opposed to Burbank, which is completely different. Last picture show, right? (laughs) Last picture show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Last picture show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Or you're, you know, 16 and banging the director. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Worked out okay um, for her. Yeah. 13, right? No, No, she was, yeah, she was, yeah, she was 15 or 16 in last picture show. Not much. Not much better. (laughs) Still underage. Um, (laughs) Not quite there yet, yeah. yeah. Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to make a joke that didn't work because oh, yeah. it's like he puts the dog in Bog. Oh, it's Bog Donovich. Yeah, yeah. so, anyway, I'm sure Bog could have some kind of connotations that are Bog dog. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> swampy. So tell us about tell us about yourself, Sally. Hmm. Um, well, um, I have been a teacher for a while. Um, I started in an after-school program, directing the program, and trying to open up kids' lives into sort of any experience they would never have at their age, in their background, at their time, to- at the time that they were living. So I brought to the school um, all kinds of stuff, science, like they should have had that already, but sure. they didn't. Sure, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> of all things, which is a Brazilian martial yeah, yeah. art. Um, sort of mimics breakdancing, mm-hmm. um, cooking, um, French sword dancing. And music, as um, it turns out, oddly. PVC pipe marimbas. Yeah. Um, so Burning Man, or a Blue Man group kind of thing. Kind and, of thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Glass harmonica. Oh, nice. Um, oh, there's so many, so many things that, um, pop dance, um, musical theater. And these were elementary school kids, and... Just to see them, you know, go through the different classes and then just light up when they mm-hmm. found something that they're passionate about was, for me, that that was the be-all and the end-all for me. That's what I wanted to do. We were going to send our kids to public school, and that public school was going to become the best damn public school in history because we weren't going to let it just be what it was. Right, we're going to let it just be a damn yeah. public school. So that's, I directed that program for five years, and in the process... I took my CBEST and CSET and got a substitute teaching credential. So I started subbing at the school and then um, decided that wasn't enough. I was going to go for my full credential. So I got my teaching credential, taught for about five years, but it was at the time when all those teachers were laid off. So it was really difficult for me to get anything but a long-term sub job. Sure. And then after that, Ian, my son was working he was 15 he was working at the Burbank Music Academy mm-hmm. um, he was taking lessons there but he was also like coaching kids in bands for uh, it should be said that you've done music arts. for your entire life too I have since I was four and you did have a, a band in Detroit way back when um, so it's yeah. not like she's a stranger to we uh, broke up just before we had we had booked a gig or we had booked a gig at CBGB's and we mm. broke up just before we were supposed to oh, rush with greatness, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It ain't there no more. CBGB's, yeah, yeah it's gone. Gone. Yeah. gone. Yeah. So um, he was coaching bands for this um, Rockin' for the Arts program where they raise money for schools arts programs. Yeah. So they put on this show with twenty bands. 
and all the money goes to the arts program. The school that you're, of the school that you're actually doing right. with, right? So and we all coalesced there essentially because um, I was teaching there, um, and uh, yeah, that's how I we mean, met. I mean, to this day, we're, we're still music teachers doing this kind of thing uh, in addition to our right our so glorious that's, band career. You that's know? how it happened. Ian was coaching there, and they were looking for a beginning piano teacher, ah. and he mentioned me. And they said she still plays. You know, she plays piano. He says, "Yeah, still." Two away, you know, she's, it's, it's walking <laughs> He's distance. He's like, "Yeah, she here. always has." And like, yeah. So I felt uncomfortable thinking I don't know enough to teach music, but turns out I do. And, yeah. Um, so I've been doing that for the last four years, and our band started. Our band started through a series of, uh, of odd circumstances that came. After that, in a certain sense, I mean, we right. We've we, been going to karaoke for about three years. <laughs> and let's go ahead and plug the on other door Monday down nights the street at uh, the other door bar uh, on Burbank Boulevard. It's nice. a great little space. There's so um, many little little. I'm I'm been kind of uh, looking for places to to do stand up. Oh, and, and Tuesday night. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah, and uh, you actually need to meet the person we're about to talk about. Right. Okay. So yeah. one of the owners, uh, Scott Fuchs. Is his last name? He um, he was in a tribute band called Blue Order. Yeah, the New Order tribute band. Nice um, Blue Order. Yeah, and he had Blue Monday New Order. Yep, yep, you know, yep. um, And he had a friend in uh, Fears for Tears. Oh, it was actually a Depeche Mode. It was uh, oh. Strange Love. So he he, he he I've was, heard of that band. Yeah, you yeah, they're fantastic. I, yeah. I, okay, so um, they were. Um, There's uh, a bajillion. Good cover bands yeah. in LA. Yeah, tribute, oh, oh, wait, tribute, tribute bands. bands. Yeah, tribute sorry. Bands. I, tribute yeah. Bands. If you're going to meet Scott, bands. you have to get we this straight. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, <laughs> sorry. I retract my previous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've we've done the same thing a million times. Yeah. But, uh, tribute bands. Scott yeah. Scott was in Blue Order because a cover band will play anything by anybody. Correct. A tribute band only plays songs by one band, and they try correct. to be instrumentally correct, instrumentally and vocally correct as possible. Even wardrobe and things like that. So that's going to come into play in a minute in our. Story, yeah, actually. So um, Scott and Rex were talking about um, starting a Talking Heads. I remember that. Stop yeah, I remember sense. that a couple couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, Scott was in Blue Order, and his uh, his friend was in Strange Love, and they were both kind of co-running this. It's I believe it's called Music Zirconium, the, right. the agency, right? Where they not only were in these tribute bands, but they booked and served as agents for other tribute bands. Okay. So his friend said, uh, it's not enough for me to be Martin Gore in Strange Love. I, I need to uh, start another uh, tribute band. So he started uh, Fierce for Tears. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember who they are a tribute to. <laughs> Someone. But they're really good. You beat me to the bit. Um... <laughs> and he, he said, <clears throat> damn it, I want one too. And he decided he was going to do uh, Talking Heads. Well, he sort of Resembles David Burns. He does, so. yes. Yeah. And he sings. Yeah. Wears, wears oversized clothes. And, uh, yeah, was and going basically to pricked everybody. <laughs> does really, 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 really shitty world music. <laughs> no, yeah, he draws the line there, but he really wanted to replicate. I mean, Ray, I'm sorry, but Ray Momo was an abomination. <laughs> it was a really horrible album. But it. It's gotten, but no, never mind. The uh, other, yeah. the other stuff. I mean, the other solo stuff that he did. You know, uh, Miss America and and that. Um, what was the song with uh, uh, the the if sex is a weapon uh, who's winning this war? Um, 
I know, he's one of those guys that kind of yeah. dropped similar to uh, you know Frank Black, where the original band was this, so much more than the sum of its parts. Sure, it, sure, right? sure. I'm, although I I liked the Heads and I loved Tom Tom Club. Yeah, well, of course Tom Tom Club. Well, this was. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Yeah. He said, <laughs> so we're so going to talk music. <laughs> so he's looking for, um, he's he's wants to do uh, specifically Stop Making Sense front to back. Right. Um, and uh, we're talking to, I was talking to him, and I was like, I know a bunch of those guitar parts. That's kind of where I cut my teeth learning Talking Heads songs sure, and stuff sure. like that. So he was like, oh, well, let's give that a try. But the thing is, to get this band to really work, and if I be correct, I need a, a, a female bassist. And... Sally, Christina's standing right next to me, and I kind of look over. He keeps him. pointing to me, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't play bass. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> well, he, every... he taught me 14 songs on the bass. And Four specifically. Yeah, Tina Weymouth. We made her into t- Tina Weymouth and did it, got a, a pretty good long. That's why we have this Jaguar or this Mustang bass back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's that's what Tina it. played. And Fender there's Mustang. a Hoffner somewhere. I yeah, there's a Hoffner club it. bass. Yeah. yeah. No, it's here. It's oh. here. I brought it back finally. Okay. I, but again, as teachers, you know, I the, the Hoffner bass is a short scale thing so when I go out to schools to teach bands and stuff like that, I was... My, the bass in my rig that was provided for me by an organization busted down and I was like uh Sally uh, that Hofner's a short scale kids could use that that'd be alright right. so I did have the Hofner for a while taking it out to schools in Beverly Hills and Glendale and wherever else I teach yeah right. anyways we yeah. spent a good deal of time it sounds like you're finally like in, in the kind of job that you want to be in Rex well, like we teaching wouldn't... teaching yeah, kids I mean, how to play music. It, it I mean, kind of just bumbled into it, you know, and it had to do with my own kids too. Sure. Well, I mean, you you clearly you've done an amazing job with them. Um, thanks. You know, well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, and and the thing is, as we've learned to teach, I think we've both followed a very similar path, and we spent a lot of time talking to each other about music and education and. Um, uh, learned a lot from each other and learned a lot in parallel too. I oh yeah, it think. helps me in every way. It, the band stuff helps me be a better teacher, and the teacher helps you be better at your band. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, yeah, we both feel pretty strongly that way. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah. it was through the Talking Heads tribute band that never happened that right. we decided. Right. Um, although well, Scott, karaoke as Scott well. still thinks it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someday, someday, uh, uh, Talking Sense, which was the name of the band, yeah. may be an Armoire's side project. That could still that occur. could work, right? Could work. But it was the frustration of not moving ahead with that. I looked at Rex and I said, "You have a notebook with fifty-two songs in it. Let's yeah. just pick some and right. do them." And we and we did sing karaoke at the same place and kind of decided that. Uh, well, some more of the song we did some just did some odd songs where we did harmonies that we weren't necessarily supposed to do co-ed style. We would do sweet dreams, yeah. rhythmics with me taking the the higher part over nice, her, nice. And Bob Seger. I always sing. I sing girl songs whenever I can. Oh, I do too. I yeah, sing we, falsetto yeah. girl stuff whenever whenever yeah, I can. Or or Jimmy Somerville or. Uh, girl erasure, stuff. Erasure. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so <laughs> girl stuff. Yeah. Um, but. And we just, just decided that these we thought these these things sounded. Good, yeah, know? and we were going to be a duo, and it was Ian, my son, who needed a set of symbols, and I said, um, well, because yeah. he, he used to record my students for me, 
And I thought, well, if we could record a few things and have them out there, maybe right. we'd have a calling card we were or whatever. We like a coffeehouse duo, mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. of. Um, right. So I told Ian, well, you needed one symbol that really, because the rest of them were sort of okay. But I told him I'd buy him a whole set of symbols if he recorded two songs for us right. for an EP. Yeah. And it should be noted and, that we're we're in the band room, and she's motioning towards the drum kit right yes. now. Um, good space work. Good, yeah. good on a podcast. And, uh, <laughs> I tried. He actually said, well, Mom, if you'd buy me a whole set of cymbals, I will record your whole album for you. And that's how it all started. Yeah. And um, while that was going on, we booked our first gig at the Other Door Bar, which is the place we were doing karaoke with the guy that was supposed to be. Yeah. The David Byrne, um, and Ian played our first gig with us. Yeah. We had turned into a, a full-fledged band at that point. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the recordings were still in progress, but we sort of ended up doing it sort of ass-backwards, you know, having a full set before we had anything recorded. Mm-hmm. So. And we were told we had to get a website, we had to have a Facebook page for following, we yes. had to have demos, we had to have all this stuff. And in the interest of full disclosure, we should admit that we're old. Yeah. Uh, And we're not um, young. Well, we're not 20. Not much older than me. (laughs) No, but we're we're also not as tech savvy as someone like you who's kept up with it as well. Oh, well. You know, but certainly. I don't know about that, but. Computer wise, uh, maybe, even, you know, Windows Windows server wise, but other than that, I mean, music wise and stuff, no. Certainly not recording equipment of any kind. I mean, I have a snowball on an iPad. (laughs) An iPad 2, mind you, that's like seven years old, that's still chugging away to do this uh, once a week, so. But we, you know, I mean, you know, we're, when we were in bands uh, earlier, I mean, we were still going to Kinko's to photocopy flyers and stuff like that. I, mean, I don't know if you ever When I like was that. playing bands, yeah. it was a very good year. Yeah. I'm not sure it was. It's kind of better these days. I mean, it's the best band I've ever had, for sure. Um, really? Even, yeah, I mean, what, did Skates and Rays just kind of fizzle? You guys just kind of, I mean, I'm assuming well, you guys... Well, our, our bassist <laughs> is actually playing with us now. The bassist for Skates and Rays is playing with us now. Um, uh, it, it, I, I, I wouldn't know how to say that. I mean, you know, it was, it was a really good experience. Um, in the end, it was probably not distinguished enough from any number of other things like it. And um, in... In this band, it has so much to do with the chemistry between us, vocally, and, uh, um, uh, I mean, the, for people who haven't heard in a, uh, what what the band actually sounds like, I mean, it's... Yeah. There will be links. Yeah. Um, uh, you can grab an acoustic, Rex, and we can do something. Well, we might need to take a break before we <laughs> decide what you that's going to be. You and your do. break. Well, All right. you and yours. <laughs> but, but, but essentially... The thing about us, and besides um, the types of songs we do, which are really storytelling focused, I guess, sure. character yeah. oriented and things like that. I've always responded to those. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, when I first met Rex, we were working summer camp. Um, at the music school. Yeah. At the music school, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I in remember. Eagle Rock? No. Here, mm-hmm. yeah, in Burbank. Yeah, Burbank. Here in Burbank, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Burbank Music Academy. And um, 
I heard from the hallway this jangly guitar. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And I walked in to see Rex on the guitar, and he was playing. I think it was the Primitives Crash. Probably Crash, yeah. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. And I I hadn't heard any jangly guitar live in such a long long time time, that it was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. So... Coming from that style and his uh, lyrics. Well, then I also was always trying to get her to sing Blondie covers with skates. I mean, <laughs> there, we literally, that was kind of a thing. I mean, one time, uh, it literally came out of the fact that a student who was singing lead on, was it Call Me or? Call Me. Call Me. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of losing her voice and wasn't that confident. Uh, and uh, um, so Christina demonstrated uh, the vocal technique. She I had horrible stage fright back then, too. Yeah, that's true. Horrible so, stage yeah. fright. But we were just in a rehearsal room, so she demonstrated this for her students, uh, for you know, our student, her, the vocalist, and, um, uh, of course, a huge fan. Of, I mean, back to CBGBs and, and sure, New York course, in 1977. Sure, of course, of course, of course. So, we just talked about Talking Heads. Oh, yeah. Blondie. Yeah, yeah. The Ramones Television, yes. those bands. So far, this we, is CBGB-centric. Yeah, yeah. And, and that really is where we come from. Oh, yeah. In a huge sense. Although, yeah. our vocal style, which I was about to allude to is that co-ed female male female harmonies pretty much back to back which yeah. is more of a 60s throwback right although right. it exists a sunny and share or a uh, mamas, and, mamas papas. and papas although you could say x as well x? you know yeah, you can bring it into x, the punk x, rock age that way grand and emmy lou or whatever but she's thinking fleetwood mac uh, but fleetwood, fleetwood mac, mac is, is a huge yeah. thing is a huge stevie and, thing for stevie and uh, um uh, Lindsay. Yeah. yeah i'm stevie and she's Lindsay. <laughs> i would <laughs> think so because those are both viable names for opposite genders <laughs> that's, that's true that's true we like to roll with that's that true. um so that that's a lot of where our vocal approach comes from although there's a lot of that around now too with the, the new pornographers and uh, yeah, he yeah. and she and, yeah, and, and yeah. Um, oh yeah she and ravenettes him. yeah oh jeez um, I don't need another one <laughs> I'm okay I'm yeah. good thank you <laughs> but but musically um, I mean just to hear her sing Blondie um, I was like that's really well, really d- cool Debbie Harry always had that kind of and, and, uh, for, and forgive me if it's a bad word to use but it always had kind of a warble to her voice and Sinead O'Connor has that where it's almost a female falsetto at the edge of the of the, well, vo- of the voice well, it was a cast. yeah yeah mm-hmm. but there's yeah. a kind of thing and 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 um Zoe Deschanel kind of does that a little yeah. bit too yeah. but there are very few women who have a fault who can do a falsetto as you know female voices Whoa. Sinead O'Connor is one Debbie Harry like I said there head was a, voice there, call there, it head voice for I guess but I mean it's it's one of those things I mean well it was a qual- it's a quality that she can definitely achieve and so you used to before this rock band well see, I see I, I heard something in her that made it sound like I want her in my rock band and apparently by having her in my rock, rock band, band I've taken it away from her but I, I did spend a little bit of time saying uh, well, why don't you just come out and just do a, do a blondie cover with Skates and Rays this will be cool this well the voice is gone but clearly the legs are working <laughs> Little Mermaid reference. Um, <laughs> she used to do that. Oh, that that probably hit home. That probably hit home. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It's part of your world, actually. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's Aladdin. That's a, I'm sorry, now, now we're going to screw I up. I fucked that up. We're gonna oh, my God, we, we all... my Disney reference is all messed oh, up. Oh, Dory's going to kill us. I'm a, I'm a bad <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we yeah. screwed it up, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. knew it was part of your world. Yeah, part of your part, part of, of your Oh, yeah, no, you got it wrong. Oh, then I got it wrong. Never mind. Let's have some more beer. I'm gonna change to get this guy part of your world. Yeah. Thanks, Disney. Um, so we te- Disney teaching little girls that um, autonomy. Who needs that? Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was a combination of those things. I mean that that me to have, trying to get her to sing Blondie covers with with me, and then someone trying to get us to do Talking Heads together. Yeah, it does go back to well, it's CBGB's, great. Yeah, CBGBs. Right? But I mean, no. but I mean, that's the thing about. It's really funny. I, 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 I've got my dad, like you do, and um, as one does. Yeah. He he's in his seventies now, and sorry, dad. And um, <laughs> he always listened to really weird things when I was growing up. It was never really pop music. When he was always listening to classical music, or he went through like a country rock. Remember country rock in the in the eighties and the uh, early eighties? Yeah, the it rings the a bell, your yeah. your, your uh, uh, Lacey J. Dalton. No, no, this oh. is before that. Early 80s. Oh, yeah. Lacey yeah. J. Dalton, your T.G. Shepherds, your yeah. Alabamas, where it was country my, rock. My dad opened for T.G. Shepherd. There you go. There you go. I saw them at the uh, Indian, some in festival in Indiana, some, some like, uh, stockyard festival thing in Indiana. It was Lacey J. Dalton and T.G. Shepherd. It was my first actual concert, and I was, like, front row <laughs> on a bale of hay. No, you know, I'm not kidding. Um, but it that's what my dad was at, and so. then occasionally he would throw on, like, the laser disc of uh, uh, Hall & Oates Live in Toronto, <laughs> where the big, the, the great recording of uh, uh, Wait For Me, you know, Wait For Me, please, uh, uh, which is one of my favorite Hall & Oates songs. Um so he always listened to weird things, but now that he's older, he's kind of discovering on the the kind of Jack FM ish station out yeah. there. He's discovering seven late seventies and early eighties pop. He's getting into ABBA and the Bee Gees and Blondie. He loves Blondie. <laughs> I mean, he fucking loves Blondie. And we would not exist without Blondie. I know. No, no, no I know. I mean, I mean that's the thing. You think you think about everything that was '80s music and and that whole vibe and and Blondie had its had its new wave ish moments, but really it was kind of a post punk. Definitely. Uh, CBGB's band. I Definitely. mean, and that's the thing. And CBGB's band had its roots in punk, Ramones, yeah. and then your your college art rock uh, talking heads. Yeah. And then Blondie really was a singularity. Cause, right. And yeah. they covered everything. They did reggae. They did, they did rap. Rap they did, before anyone else they did. They did rap, before, rap around the same time as Rapper's Delight. You know, in yeah. 77 was mm-hmm. rap, uh, Rapture was 77. Yeah, I think. and name dropping the rappers, yes. the real yes. rappers in yes. the song. Uh, and, and, well, the whole scene had a lot of that. I mean, yeah. how soon did, did the heads go into afro you know you know afro beat stuff right, I mean, right. yeah and yeah. the same thing with the the english post-punk bands you know the the, the slits that's a, almost a dub band yeah. as much as you yeah. people want to think it's like riot girl type stuff you listen to it that's that's crazy dub music yeah you know, messed up and pil yeah. with joe yeah. wobble yeah um, oh just, yeah john you know, wobble yeah they, every punk was supposed to be anti-disco but it went disco really fast oh totally know? well yeah. Blondie, did, Blondie uh, did as well yeah and put the i mean that was the that was being 
truly, that was the late 70s. And it's I also mean, being truly punk rock. I mean, punk rock wasn't a sound. Punk rock was an idea. Was an idea. An attitude. And, was, and a breaking open of uh, it was a possibilities. Middle, it, was a, it was a double extended middle finger. It was, oh, it yeah. was I'm not going to be held down to any one thing. You're not going to put me in a box. Fuck you. That's punk well, rock. Right. Yeah. We had this conversation a while back, Rex and I, about why the black canvas hanging in the museum on the museum wall yeah why and it bothers me to look at the black canvas when i can walk into the other room and see all of the intricate details and and light effects and all of this the heart and soul that goes into any other painting and rex simply said well without it we wouldn't have everything that came after right i mean and i mean i guess what i'm going for there is that uh Relating when, to punk rock, breaking, yeah, yeah, about. yeah. That's breaking like breaking the mold. You know, uh, modern art in a certain sense. These different things. I mean, because it's little steps along the way. It's uh, John Cage. John Cage. Yeah. John Cage. Four thirty. Oh, by the way, if, if you do link to thirty nine forty, um, make sure people check out my cover of that song. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what that is? Do you remember what my cover of four thirty three is? I don't. Oh. Go ahead. I will spoil it if I do. Yeah, that's true. You it's gotta okay. check out the it, give the address for the thirty. Oh, I, you know what? It's a it's a derelict site. I go I'll go ahead and tell you what it is. Uh, um, my well, stuff's still up. My my uh, my beloved monster is still up. Yeah, on it's, the, it's on YouTube. It's hinky. There's bad links in there, and I mean, it takes a long time to explain what that blog was, um, yeah. and it's not necessarily all that relevant. But um, well, it was. I, yeah, I was. It was t- for a year. I, I did. Yeah, for a year. <laughs> uh, basically, between my 39th and 40th birthdays, uh, I um, covered a song every day, and and sometimes it, and it was one of your own, but usually it was a cover. Oh, it was always a cover, even if it was one of my own songs. It was because my iTunes had randomly selected sure, one of sure, my sure. songs. So yeah, but would... I knew I knew when I started that project that there were two songs. When I went to the request mode, there were two songs that people were going to insist on hearing. One of them. Freebird. Freebird. Okay. And I deconstructed that one like a mofo, for sure. And the other one was 433, because I knew that someone was going to say, let's give Rex a break today. Let's have him cover the song that's four, four <laughs> no. minutes and 33 seconds. Probably put more work into that one than you did in some of the others. I did not. But, but uh, um, uh, the, it turns out, I mean, I don't remember the exact statistics, but... Uh, um, Turns out that uh, Rick Astley's uh, "Never Gonna Let You Down" uh, is never gonna give bit, you up. Never gonna, yeah, you're never gonna give you whatever. What is yeah, it? We're never, never gonna give you up. Never gonna, yeah. Uh, you know the Rick Roll song. It's a little bit shorter than 4:33, so you can start off your you can start off your cover with a lot of silence, and people will listen to it and go, "Well, he has accurately covered silence. Is he gonna put <laughs> something <laughs> funny?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I consider that to be the artiest Rickroll ever, bam, you know. Bam. And somewhere floating bam, out there bam. in the the web sphere is a track which is attributed to me, 433 covered by Rex Broom, which is actually 95% Rick Astley. Anyways, well, yeah. I mean, people still. I still play uh, our our cover of my beloved monster. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, um, that you know, I have to say. That was one of the one, that's up there on the top ten experiences of my life. I mean, that's up there with the birth of my son, meeting John Cleese, and getting married twice. And you know, it's I mean, that's it's way the hell up there. That was that was a really really special thing, and it was really incredible. Thanks, so I was yeah. glad to be part of it. Beats that. the hell out of both times I got married. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, but no, no, it was it, 
Yeah, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but if you want to throw a link on there. Um, sure, sure. It was a weird project. It was a strange thing. It was about what, but it re- relates to the armoires in a certain sense, in as much as um, it was about not, it was about continuing to learn mm-hmm. musically um, at a what point can in your you life. Do, what can you do in a day? What can you do in 12 hours? Yeah, I mean, there was that challenge you, too. What can you produce in 12 or hours? Or on the fly when you only have an hour and you've got to run out the door and do something with your family. Correct, yeah. It, all that stuff, you know. But it was a... Yeah, I mean, it was about... Well, at this point in life, when you're supposed to be probably hanging up your guitar because you've got to do other things, um, maybe it's time to actually up your game. Maybe it's time to really wrestle with what songwriting is um, by covering other people's songs and, you know, check yourself against... Well, yourself. yeah, you do You do what you did when you first started, which is covering other people's shit. Every, every single... Artist, comedian, painter, music, yeah. musician starts off Imitating emulating yeah. somebody else, mm-hmm. and then, and then inject, slowly injecting their own voice into it. Yeah. And and that's what I'm going through right now with my, you know, with my stand-up. I mean, that's kind of on hold right now uh, because I've got so much other shit going on with the new house and the and sure, yeah. and, and weight loss and all that other stuff that's happening, but. You know, I'm still writing jokes, and I'm you know, and p- yeah. putting them down for the next time I get up in front of a mic. And and now that I I'm I'm I'm, get, I'm getting to the point where once I get settled with the house stuff, I want to get back into stand up, and I want to do two or three open mics a week. And now that I know that there's one on Tuesday, Tuesday at the yeah. door, there's yeah. one on Van Nuys Boulevard in the Valley, and uh, on Wednesdays. S- stay away from the park bar, though. That's <laughs> no. This one is at we... uh, this one is at um, Liquid Zoo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Liquid Zoo Wednesday night, and it's a comedian friend of my wife. And then, uh, yes. then the Thursdays the Red Balls Pizza. But I'm kind of I. That was a good thing to have for me to just go in and get it started. But I really need to be telling jokes yeah. in front of people who are at their at a place to be hearing, hearing jokes. And you know the the neat thing too is that uh, neat. I just said <laughs> oh, neat. Neat. Still say yeah. Nifty. Chicks, Nifty. Um, we had a dude. In- conversation yeah earlier uh, <laughs> but there's an interesting point too where i mean uh, us being past the point of being you know young uh hungry young artists i guess right when we approach these things um as you're approaching stand-up you're not mm-hmm. approaching stand-up as a hungry young artist a, a young kid um talking about the problems of young kids and we're not doing rock and roll about the problems of young kids. We're doing rock and roll about um, the problems of problems, joys, and concerns. yeah. Talk, say something. You know, I, I, I don't mean, think it's. I don't think. I mean, I, hmm, where do I go from here? Um, approaching it not from a hungry young kid is what you're talking about, but for me, it's approaching it from the aspect of I just want to make people smile. Yeah, I want to make them happy. I want to see them dance. I want to see them listen to our stories and just have a really right. great time. Yeah. It's not about fame. It's not about success. It's not exactly. about money. It's just about... You're doing it because you need to. I need to see those smiling faces yeah. in the yeah. audience. Yeah, and when I need to get up on stage in front of a microphone and hear people right. go, ha, 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 when I say shit. But the things that we're presenting to them... Um, at the stories that we're presenting, the jokes you would be presenting, you know... Are, uh, oh, yeah. are are not are not jokes about um, you know that or, or or songs about a college kid's life. Yeah, yeah, our songs are about you know 
how many songs are both of our kids in, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, um, it's interesting because, I mean, I think like the, you know, older songwriters, usually you give it up. Yeah. And if you're, if you don't give it up, it's probably because you've done pretty well at it. Yeah. So your problems are now that you are famous. Oh yeah. 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 You know, you're old, you're old and famous. Totally. Um, and we're, did you guys, we're old and not famous. So when we approach a lyrical standpoint, you know, it's, it's neither that of being a kid. You know, you're going to piss off people that are older than us by saying we're old. <laughs> you need to be careful. Fair no, you know what? You're I've, older than I've us found... still doing this. That's, that's true. I found... And doing it really well. No, I, no, I, I know, but I, but I, I guess the, the thing I'm saying is that, uh, um, it's, it's rare that without, you know, a big bunch of success behind you that you would be doing this at, no. at, at all yeah. ages, yeah. whether it be Did old or... Did you guys see the, whatever, the, you know? the newspaper, probably, I don't remember what newspaper it was, but it was some British rag and they, they showed a really unflattering picture of Keith Richards and, and Mick Jagger. As opposed and, to the other kind of picture of them. Well, <laughs> it, purposely unflattering yeah. and it was, you know, looking all veiny and wrinkly and leathery oh. and... and, and the headline was because they're the Rolling Stones just played some big festival, yeah. big spring festival in England, uh, you know, the last week or two. And they said it was, you know, welcome to, I think it was Glastonbury or one of those. And, and he said, welcome. And it was some really scathing, you know, headline about them being old and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, Hey, fuck you. Cause, cause well, you know, I mean, these guys have been around and, 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 Listen. Tell me something, Mister Reporter Guy. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? You know? Are you or any of your readers gonna like when they're in their seventies? Gonna really still dig going and slogging away for the man in right. a fucking cubicle? Is that good for you? Is that nice? When I'm seventy, I want to be doing exactly what I fucking want to be exactly. doing. Exactly. So you, fuck you. Let's give you. A little I mean, bit. look at. Grandma Moses, or what? Right. Her name is. I'm sure. going to give you a, a huge piece of perspective, and I'm going to take a little bit of a silent because you're SCTV guy. Oh, totally. All right. All right. So at some point, um, when I was putting together one of my Halloween compilations, mm-hmm. um, I actually found on eBay Count Floyd's EP. You, I believe you have it as well. Do you not? Uh, on, on vinyl? Probably. No, no, I don't. No. Okay. Vinyl. All right. Yeah. It's four songs, um, and it's Joe Flaherty doing Count totally. Floyd in 1980. Is that the one that had the 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 oh fuck reggae Christmas Eve in Transylvania? No. <laughs> was it all Chris? Was it all four Christmas songs? No, was, there was no Chris. There, one of them was was this treat thing you of, like a lady is one. Yeah, of them. one yeah. of them was is like it's like we're just like Sandler and Young. Yeah. I'm Sandler and you're so, so very very young. young. Yes. <laughs> he used to play it on Doctor Demento um, all the time. Yeah, and one and one of the tracks on this album from or this EP from 1984 is uh, the setup for it is. Uh, the Rolling Stones can't make it, so here's Count Floyd. And Count, it's called Count Floyd is Back, and it's mostly him just kind of, you know, dealing with hecklers in the audience. Sure. And he says in the middle of it somewhere, What do you want to hear the Stones for anyway? The Stones are over the hill, I tell you. They're old. 1984 or whatever. Yeah. 1983, yeah. Joe Flaherty was already yeah. making fun already of the Stones. Already bagging on. They were, they were, everybody was bagging on the Stones And it's 30 years imagine later. It's not even original anymore. Imagine what would happen to, would have happened to the Beatles had they continued. Exactly. I mean, I mean yeah. you know, I mean, that's the thing is, is now with Paul McCartney recording with Kanye and other people like that, now you got all these kids going, going oh, who's, who's the old guy? Oh, he's, <laughs> right. oh who, he's talented. He might may actually make something of himself someday. <laughs> You know, aye, but, aye, 
Did you guys catch any of the SNL stuff with Paul McCartney over the last year? The Christmas stuff, and he actually had a choir children come on, did uh, having a wonderful Christmas time, and and, oh. and it was just so amazing, so amazing. Yeah. And the the SNL forty that was good. He was on that as well, and yeah, that was really good. It's good to see Paul McCartney still doing stuff. It is, yeah. and you know, he, he Ian just looks had a happy. Lesson, I think, too, with uh, Paul McCartney's wings guitar. Uh, Bass player? No, uh, guitar player. Yeah, uh, Lawrence Juber. Yeah, I was. Yeah, Lawrence Juber. Yeah, uh, yeah along with Denny Lane, I guess. I always get confused about that. Cause Lawrence Juber. Denny, yeah, Denny Lane was the the guy then. And that he, was the second Wings guitarist. The first one died, right? In seventy four or seventy five. Oh well, we made it. Not Catherine would know. Catherine would know. My ex wife was the yeah. hugest Paul McCartney <clears throat> fan on the face of the planet. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was interesting because he was such a jewel of a human being. He just gave his time to Ian and basically saw that spark of talent in him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. this kid is good. He's going to be somebody. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, Ian kept asking when he was going to go back there. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess, you know, that kind of points towards the other thing about us doing what we do now from our perspective is that not, not only are we, do we pick it up a little bit later, but we actually have been, we're here because of our kids. We're doing this because of our kids, both of us. Yeah, yeah it was a really hard decision after, because Ian was, um, Ian died in a car crash. Oh, you tell it. Well, uh, um, yeah, when Christina was describing it before that, uh, that Ian was a, and we should say before anything else that uh, he was an incredibly talented musician on every level and was played everything and and a recording engineer guitar, bass, drums even dabbled in keyboards but was a master recording engineer and um, yeah he wrote songs that were I guess we can find links to those on YouTube yeah it should be said that uh, yeah yeah, I mean um, and Larissa's my daughter's band uh, Mantis which is a heavy metal symphonic metal band they call it symphonic yeah Yeah. symphonic metal they continue she plays viola and uh, she plays viola with your amours too awesome and so they're they're doing one of Ian's songs that he composed more than one actually two two at least two yeah and things that he participated in too I mean um, that band Musically, they're they're called Mantis, um, and uh, it's fronted by Ian's best friend Nate, Nate. who was a part of the Armors for a long time too, and still helps us out with stuff. They share a drummer with us, um, the um, amazing Sean Barillas. Yeah, um, it was really a, cool to have a, a symphonic metal band open for the Armors, and then vice versa. Yeah. No matter what, <laughs> three, three, depending on what venue. Yeah, we're in. yeah three fifths cool. of uh, of the bands were the same. Nice, you know, at that nice. at that time, and and still. We still share the drummer and the viola player with that band. Um, they sound absolutely nothing alike, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's like but the it new pornographers and like... Avenged Sevenfold sharing a bill. Right, you know? right. Maybe at Coachella. I don't know. Yeah. But, but you were saying it's the reason we're here, but it was a really tough decision as to whether or not to go on. Yeah. Because, I mean, when he left this earth, I that next day I gave up on everything. Just everything. Oh, sure. I didn't want to go back to teaching. I didn't want to hear music. I didn't want to do music. Yeah. I didn't want anything. Yeah. And, and um, my daughter, I think, was the one that said to me, you think that's what Ian would have wanted, Mom? 
he didn't even ever want to see you cry, you know, yeah, which is yeah. true. It, it's true. He always made the best of everything. He was always the eternal optimist and lived life to the fullest. And the 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 context of it is actually, I mean, in some ways, it's our Ian played our first gig with us. In addition On to doing 10th. all of the recording, mm. um, and when she mentioned earlier, well, Ian was was going to help us record if we bought him cymbals and things like that. I mean, I really wanted to give the, the background that we were honored and humbled yeah, that someone with his talent yeah. uh, would uh, deal with us. Not just because he's, you know, you were his mom. No, but, he's amazing but, in every way. Uh, every one of his friends just says how much they learned from him over the years. And it's absolutely true. They feel so lucky to have known him. Yeah. So he was on board as our recording engineer and, and, our, and our drummer. Drummer. And so, yes, we, we played our, our first gig. On September 10th. On September 10th. And September 11th, he went to Rower Flats to a barbecue, to a bonfire where a lot of his friends were together. And his uh, truck tumbled down an embankment, fell 200 feet. And three of them, there were five in the truck, three of them died mm. including my son and two of them survived and they're they're still part of our lives we love yeah. them very much uh, and obviously that reached out to the entire you know affected deeply this entire community there yeah. are over 400 people and, at his funeral yeah yeah that's how deeply yeah. he touched people from so many different places yeah. he worked at lancers for a little while in burbank all the lancers the people were there yeah. he worked for the tech crew in Burbank, where they they did sound high and school. lights, audio, school, yeah. visual stuff. Yeah. For um, he was on tour with all kinds of people. Every place he'd been, everyone he'd talked to, everyone they were all there. Yeah, they were all there. And um, and it was, I mean, reconstructing the band after that, and I mean. I don't even know if this is something that can be explained to people what that was like. Oh, to go on after? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I still have moments when I'm behind my keyboard here uh, and I'm looking at the collage of his life and his it, there's a picture portrait. Of, yeah, a collage and a, and a it, portrait of you. If Rex and the bass player Cliff are having a conversation and I'm waiting and I'm looking at that, I can't sing the next song, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. For, but... Especially... I mean, I guess the process... I mean, we were able to... Um, uh, is it break time? <laughs> it's, I mean... I'm trying. Myself. Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I think this is important to talk about. Um, uh, we were able to... Um, I mean... Nate, our bass player, Ian's best friend, was working with uh, with a, a young drummer in, in his band who came over to uh, play with us, uh, Sean Brulis. He learned all the songs in like two weeks. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, we, I think we're looking at this situation maybe as sort of like, if someone will help us, it, it'll be important for us to show that, as, you know, like, like Larissa said to you, that, that Ian would want it to go on. Yeah. Um... And, you know, to continue to, 
Uh, Honor him? Not just that. I mean, how would you... Um, I guess... Definitely to honor him, but uh, also to sort of pers- just show that what he was about was continuing to grow, you know. Um, and oh, he always shook things off. Even in his deepest, darkest hours, he was always, you know, yeah. I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. And, and then on to the next thing so that he can dwell there we had, and uh, anybody else's sure. life right. miserable. And, you know... Uh, to have people from the community come out and see us do it. Well, the first show we did after um, was um, the show we were going to do that night. Right. Um, the show we were going to do. The he set was already we were a going part to do. Of, he was already supposed to be um, a part of that. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of people, the parents of the other the, the other kids that were involved, um, a lot of people from the community, Ian's friends, uh, all showed up to support us. It was a really amazing experience. And uh, I guess I started saying that because, you know, it's just amazing how much, you know, I don't think we ever really wanted anyone else to be on the drum kit other than Ian, but Sean's been a real gift, you know. Yes, um, yes. Uh, but Ian's whole thing was just making people happy. Yeah. And every one of the people that... I've ever encountered that has known him will always say that he was all about making people happy, all about making them laugh. Um, my husband's birthday, Michael's birthday last year, um, Ian was working at a prop house and they had a like a stripper cake, big, uh, big. Yeah, one of the stripper layered, pop out cakes, yeah, right? Sure. Made out of wood, said "Happy Birthday" on it, and. Um, the uh, <laughs> Ian decided he was going to bring that home for his birthday. And he and Nate, his best friend, were going to be on the cajon, little, you know, rectangular right. drum, right. and a guitar. And mm-hmm. They were going to sing Happy Birthday, and their friend Nick was going to pop out of the cake as soon as he pulled up into the driveway. And that kind of thing, Michael will never forget. He will live with it forever. It's It's the wallpaper on his cell phone. That was a gleaming moment in his life. Right. And that was what Ian was all about. Yeah, yeah. You know, when he had his friend's 21st birthday party, he put out lights, he had a DJ rig, he was the DJ, mm-hmm. he had, you know, all kinds of stuff set up for people just to feel warm and welcome and comfortable and happy. Sure. And lots of music. It always involved music. So That's we good. wrote a song for him uh, called Playing With The Lights. Because of these crazy, crazy little signs that I got after he left. Um, there were, there was jamming going on in this room. It was about four or five kids, four or five people. I call them kids, but they're yeah. all in their 20s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in the hallway. And at the end of the hallway, I saw this rectangular piece of sunshine that was um, filtering through tree leaves but it was like a light show and it was dancing to the music I Mm -hmm. mean it was so precise so I never forgot that I called everyone else into the hallway and I said look watch watch and they were all watching and as soon as the song ended the light disappeared Mm -hmm. off the wall and that was really crazy and uh, we kept seeing mantises everywhere, praying oh, okay. mantises. Yeah. 
And one of them, the, the first one, my daughter walked in with it from the backyard, from the front yard to the backyard. We were all sitting out there. And um, it just kept looking at all of us, looking at all of us. And then it would go on somebody's arm and just look at the next person and eye it and eye it. And then it would, um, I, I said, if this thing starts drumming, <laughs> well, no, it's Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it did was it flew across to Nate's ear on his head, and he freaked out, and then it jumped on my daughter's head, and it went to her ear, and she said, it's making this tick, 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 Wow, like a drumming sound, yeah. Yeah, and then it did the same to me, right to my ear, and then the same to Rex, and it stayed on his head for a while. Yeah, that was on... And that mantis stayed with us for about three or four hours that day. And it was one of several that appeared, I mean... One on the chandelier at his funeral. Wow. Right over his casket. Part of the... The, the song we wrote for him as well that name which is where well. Mantis's name came Mantis's from Mantis's name comes the from there Let's see there's yeah. there their kick oh, yeah. head and there's ours yeah I saw that yeah that's <laughs> cool uh, so right. I mean it's um, it was, you know a real journey trying to find the uh, we didn't know if we could do it really we didn't know if we could do that show we both I mean probably up until minutes beforehand yeah um, but we did and, and we kept going and just the most wonderful thing at the last House of Blues show was when oh, the Voodoo Lounge not the actual House of Blues but the upstairs <laughs> oh, you can believe that if restaurant you area <laughs> um, we played the song that we wrote for Ian yeah. uh, playing with the lights yeah. and uh, there were probably about 15 young people with arms interlocked swaying to the song oh that's really nice that was... for me was like it was this yeah. is it this what? is what this is what this is supposed to be like. that's absolutely yeah yeah um and that was uh well that show was unique because um miranda my daughter uh played the Wait. first the first half of that set with us um and it was her birthday party so yeah, she, yeah. she had a whole bunch of her yeah, i saw some of the pictures on facebook from right. yeah there's a picture of yeah, the yeah. of the the sway line um and uh, she and my other daughter really both just adore that song um playing it's called playing with the lights mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. uh, um something that we wrote actually with Nate um, uh, uh, yeah there's an epic bridge yeah, that he yeah, added to it yeah <laughs> something that doesn't come from the type of uh, <laughs> stuff that I do so it has a lot of depth a lot of contributions from other people that were we're in the process of, of recording that one now yeah cool um, yeah so uh, I mean probably one of the things that got us over was doing the drunk show too um, you know drunk show? <laughs> so bad you don't remember it. <laughs> but, I don't know what you're talking well, about. I mean, we we had that show on the books, but we crashed the other door that night with the acoustic show. Oh, oh, where we just showed it was a rehearsal, basically. right? But it was in public. You yeah, know, um, that was fun. It was. I mean, there was a, and there was a bit of music that we did even at the at the funeral um not not you obviously but uh myself and some of the other band members larissa um um were constantly you know jamming and um you know so some of those songs just came up again in between and uh, yeah it was my goal to just give him the best day ever even though he was gone i felt like he was there sure so 
Sure. There were there was tons of food. There was jamming going on outside. There were, you know, and yeah, people would, that got to write things to him that put them in a basket for him that I still have. Yeah, I mean, I think it was maybe like a month and a week after that we did that second show, um, something like that, and we were not really at all sure um, how it was going to go or if we could get through so it. We, even. Yeah, uh, but we did. Yeah. Yeah, um, we uh, yeah we did this off the cuff, uh, not entirely sober performance uh, at the other door uh, in between, unannounced, so that you know um, just I don't know I don't know how you felt about it. I mean it was I don't know why you keep talking about being drunk, Rex. <laughs> I don't think I was drunk. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> It um, it was very informal, shall we just say, you know. But it, we were feeling free enough to do those songs without the pressure. I mean, there was definitely a lot of pressure when we did that second gig. Um, right. That it was hard to push past. Um, and I mean, I think we find ourselves in the, the position of. Uh, um, you know, definitely a lot of what we do is, is carrying on with its legacy. But I also am always concerned about, you know, this story being the end-all and be-all for what we do. I mean, it definitely is something that we would want to stand on its own, too, right? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's how you truly carry on, is you... Is you and the, 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 the loss is, is a component of what the the whole is. Yeah. But yeah. as time goes on, the loss is always there, but it becomes less of a... Um, it's a smaller fraction of the whole of the whole and and more the more time yeah. it goes between the loss and, and forward from that, the more the, of the thing carrying on becomes its its Well and in a sense carrying on and not and not dwelling is what well, yeah. is his tribute to no, him, the, as much of a tribute to him as anything. Right. No, yeah. the band came with him yeah. and continued after him. It's not, it's not, we're not doing it. Mm. You're not doing it solely out of a, out of an uh, 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 obligation to his memory. You're, no. st- you're continuing it in and of itself. Right, but his, yeah, yeah. and his memory is an integral part of it, right. and always will be. But right. but it, it's you're doing it for the sake of doing it, and to have it be a living and developing thing. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. as good a tribute as there could be. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. And it, it endures. It endures past past the moment the moment of loss. The the project in or the the band the the thing endures yeah. on. That's that's how. He lives on, and it yeah. remains living and evolving, as opposed to being a museum piece. Right. Exactly, which is exactly, exactly. You know, exactly. Because there's, if anything, he was always. I mean, yeah, if it was just that, then it would be you know all songs related to him and about him and about blah blah blah, and you would just do that forever. Right. But you're continuing to write and grow and change and add new things, and and new members will float in and out, and you'll continue on with the project right. until it reaches its natural conclusion, right. whatever that may be. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. And yeah, 
I probably shouldn't have even mentioned it. It's just we're in this room, and I. Well, well, no, 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 no. I'm glad you did because it's 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 important to talk about. It, it and definitely. The more. The more we talk about those who are no longer with us, the more that they live on with us right. and through us, and also the more we are able to continue on and cope and 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 get our catharsis, you know, and 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 it, it, losing people is what makes life so important um there's a great line from the first season six first episode of 16 feet under why when the daughter asks nate the nate character why why do people have to die and he says to make life important if we all live forever there wouldn't be any more of us it'd be the same you know 1.2 billion of us or whatever and we would just be here doing the same shit over and over and over again but it's the it's the it's the finality of life it's the finite qualities of life that make what we do important or not important based on based on what we do if we do those things that 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 fulfill ourselves and fulfill others that make other people happy right. that, that bring them joy and also honor the people who haven't been able to continue on the journey with us yeah. right. that make those things important. And, and that's really what life is all about is, is trying to trying to leave something behind that carries on your memory. It's, right. a, it's a legacy. Right. Yeah. And, and you guys are, are a, a component of his leg of Ian's legacy, but you also are working on leaving your own legacy as well. That's absolutely the perfect way of putting that. Yeah, it is. It, it is. really is. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. But it's I mean, important to talk about it, and, and I'm very honored that you felt that you were able to talk about it on the podcast. And I'm as I go along, a lot of this started off as, you know, silly fun talk about, about, uh, pop culture stuff, <laughs> yeah. but as these last couple episodes, this one and the one before this, um, there's some real heavy shit in there, <laughs> and it's good because I think that gives. I would use one of uh, Eric Stormones and Audra's words, gravitas to. I was going to say cromulence. There you cromulence as well. To what I'm doing, I'm not just talking about pop culture stuff and having a whiz bang good time. Right. You know, it's not fart. It's not fart sounds and sirens. It, I'm I'm yeah. I'm talking to people and making right. connections and trying to hopefully in this long form interview process, getting people to open up and have these conversations where people feel comfortable talking about pain and sorrow and how they overcome those things or how they survive those things. Right. And so, like I said, it's a, it's a real honor to be able to talk with you about your son and to hear your words about him and hear you relate other people's words about him. And that, that makes all of this all the more fulfilling for me. So thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I don't know that there's any overcoming when you lose a child. It's I still think early, it's... you know, I mean, it's still... There's every still there are probably is a, every day, oh, every day, and there yes. always yeah. will be. Oh, yeah. But I, I prefer to think that think of those as gifts rather yeah. than as a burden I'm bearing. Um, when I hear a truck, when I see a red truck, when I hear something Ian would have liked, when I come home with food from the restaurant that he would have loved to have finished when I got home. 
all of those things, all of those triggers are gifts for me because I know he's still with me. I know mm-hmm. he's still yeah. a big part of my mind, my thoughts, my heart, my soul. And he always will be. I will never forget those triggers. Those triggers yeah. will always be there. Yeah. 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 Um, well, he'll always be a part of who you are. And, and, and I only mean overcome in the, not in the sense of, oh, I'm over this. I'm past this. Right, right. No, I no, mean yeah. overcome in the sense of, I can actually get out of bed and function today yeah. despite yeah. Well, this loss. Right. And that's what I mean by overcome. I mean, I think that people were astonished that you were on stage performing pretty quickly. You know, we felt it was imperative to that it was a way to give hope to the community. Well, if you ways. recall, I wasn't going to do it at first. It was Michael that said we had to for Ian. It was. He said we had to. It was something that Ian would have wanted. He wouldn't have wanted us to give up, not go on. It was, you know, something that Ian would have done. Yeah, well... <laughs> Had, having undergone a loss. He lost a whole group of friends the year before in September. And he went through a pretty deep depression yeah. for a, no, a little that. while. But he went on. He... Yeah. So, you were going to tell me something funny, you said. Oh, okay. So, um, I was really frustrated by some spam I was getting or emails I was getting that (laughs) I couldn't get rid of. (laughs) What I did was created an email for myself so that I wouldn't get spam, but I... uh, inadvertently misspelled my own name <laughs> so when people get emails from me now uh, my name is misspelled and I can't figure out how to change it so I told Rex I just wanted to delete fucking everything <laughs> well no it, it, was, so, it was more than that you kept getting bought oh yeah it was there that. was something called tagged I have no idea what it is but it comes through and says, so-and-so bought you, so-and-so wants to meet you, so-and-so bought you, so-and-so wants to meet you. And it's just, well, there were hundreds of them. Yeah. So like a dating site or something? Well, I no, 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 no one really knows. It it's called wow. tech. I, I don't know how I got on this list. Where is the, the um, books out there? Sorry, I'm about to get the Your Morris Bible for you. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And I, I tried to go on the website and see what it was but I still didn't understand <laughs> and I didn't know anybody nobody that was like and as I was scrolling through I had like millions of dollars from all these people buying oh, me Wow! so I, I'm sure people know what this thing is and how to use it and all of that stuff and it's probably something really innocuous but I was so frustrated <laughs> that I told Rex I just wanted to delete fucking everything so he wrote a he well wrote, I was I was sort of <laughs> For some reason, fixated Ridley and I, my my daughter, twelve year old daughter, had just watched Aliens. Right. So. So you know, it's like the first rated R movie my dad took me to. Sure. So, sure yeah. Sure. Right. I think so the first it, rated R movie I saw was Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Yeah. Well, I can't beat that one. That's Peter Fonda, and I don't remember who <laughs> it was at the drive-in, and I saw bits of it. It was mostly all I remember was the car chases and them expo- running into a train and exploding at the end. But other than that, yeah, well, is having. 
just a lot of the things that have happened lately. I mean, you can kind of extrapolate from what we were just talking about. There are just times when both of us hit the wall. Yeah. Um, sure. And I mean, to just sort of bring everyone up to speed that since the stuff that we were talking about, we've played, we're, we're booked for our 13th gig right now. Um, and, uh, we're writing and recording and, um, I mean, um, aren't you guys playing a big festival in San Diego, uh, San Diego and Los Angeles. It's the international pop overthrow festival. Um, and we're just thrilled about this. Yeah. So, um, is this a, a tribute to material issue or it, uh, it comes from that? It's a does power everybody piece. have to have a song called Valerie Love Me? <laughs> no, or, it, 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 Diane or <laughs> it's a, uh, it, yes, I know those band songs. It, it is. A, it is a um, uh, uh, power pop type festival. Yeah, Diane, 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 Diane. It's, it's just the scintillating lyrics of been yeah. going for 15 years in Los Angeles and now is worldwide. Wow. They're in Detroit right now. We'll be playing Which is in my hometown. Yeah, her hometown yeah Nifty. don't forget the motor city yeah. um uh and uh uh we'll be playing the san diego and los angeles uh wings of it and Enjoy. it's a great great festival um we've enjoyed going to the shows at this festival for a long time so we're excited about that and getting the recordings uh underway which we're going to recommence on as soon as we're done with this yeah soon yeah so wrapping up um, but anyways, yeah, Alien. Are you guys are, laying down the keyboards for uh, playing with lights today? Or? Not today. Not today. Oh, okay. Caterwall, um, we just did Doubtful Sound. We're doing Caterwall tonight. And then um, I think Live and Direct is the next one. Yeah, and, and, beautiful, and, a, and a really beautiful piece of, uh, I mean, we can't say enough about this. Um, uh, you know, our, our fantastic drummer, Sean, is laying down tracks for us now. Um, but no less than three of Ian's drum tracks are going to make it onto this record. Possibly four. Possibly four. Stuff that you recorded. He recorded. He before. recorded before, and then um, if if they awesome. can be salvaged, we're going to use them on our album. And absolutely, so one awesome. of them is one of them is absolutely finished and dusted and actually engineered and and mixed by Ian. Um, our song "Unhaunted," um, which you know you can bring that up right now if you like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which we're he was very proud of, and and we're very proud of, and it's something that we're not going to touch. Except um, the vocals were too loud. He said that, but that was his. You didn't yeah. get to remix it. Yeah. So we're um, gonna have that done. A song Just called that, uh, a song called Fort Ashby that he he played on and engineered most of, which we. Uh, um, and then something that we've just recently discovered as well, that song called Norma Corona, What Have You Done, um, which are brilliant engineer. We should give a shout out to Alan yes. in Toronto. So who's how this is working out. is that um, the drum and bass are being recorded at the Burbank Music Academy Sound Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, Rex and, it, and I are recording keys and guitar here In this at very home. room, yeah. Um, when it comes time, my daughter's viola will be co- recorded as well as our vocals. Probably, in hopefully, a, in a somewhere in yeah. studio. <clears throat> but it's all—all all the tracks are being sent to um, Toronto to our friend Alan wow. Fraser. Wow, it's all going to get who is mixing it. Yeah, and, um, it's just a real, uh, an amazing thing. And um, he's of the exact same mindset that we are. He's—he's he's so tired of overproduced, overcompressed music um, that's perfect. So. He's mid, minimally editing it, yeah, and yeah. Um, mixing I mean, it to our 
sort of this is what our ideal is I mean we don't say we just want it to be more purple or yellow <laughs> right yeah um, not, we tell you them you know what this you know, sounds sort of more like you know the exact way that it looks in you know in Norway but only in November <laughs> you know, the leaves are sort of blowing at 12 o'clock right yeah it's, it's right at noon but the leaves are blowing but they're not going to the right they're going to the left and but, they're being overshadowed anyway, and sort of if you could just put an effect on it that gives me that you know, <laughs> be great so we don't want to be those people no. obviously yeah. we tell them um, what um, our influences are and what songs that are inspirations and yeah. um, certain sounds Rex has been using the 12 string for most of these yeah, go around yeah, yeah the Rick 12 um, um, and I have this wonderful analogish keyboard um, that has a tube in it so I get these rich wonderful sounds nice. that the MIDI doesn't no, have no, no, the, no, no, no. so we're figuring I, uh, out how to have you guys that. heard of, of the rocket scientists Oh, I've, they're an the LA band. an LA band that's been around for twenty years right. or more. They're a prog rock band, and they sound. They've got. They have. They own a Mellotron. Mellotron. They talked about yeah, Mellotron. They, they, own, they own a Mellotron. They own a, a Mini Moog, and they've got an, a Hammond organ, and um, yeah, uh, and they use a lot of those old sounds uh, on their so cool. they have this EP and on the EP the one of the B-sides is um, their, their cover of the On Her Majesty's Secret Service theme song oh, and it is terrific. outstanding <laughs> yeah, that's terrific it may, I almost crashed my car I was, I was <laughs> so happy I was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> but well, um, what I am holding right now is the Armour's Bible to a certain extent. It's got a bunch of lyrics. It also has endless, endless scores of these games of... Uh, and coffee stains. Uh, of rummy co- and rain stains. Rain stains. I mean, just, you know, to keep ourselves rummy stable. Rummy scores, yeah. Um, we've just done this over and over again. Like you do. Um, and uh, then in the meantime, we like, we'll put together our set list for, nice. the, uh, for the shows. I love that the rain stain made the ink made kind of like a ghostly image. Yeah, there's some neat stuff here, Uh, and uh, yeah, the haunted songbook. Well, here's here's our our, our theoretical lineup for the songs on our first and second second albums. We have um, enough for two right yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're ass backwards. We have a, a whole bunch of material with very little recorded. But you, don't want to, you don't want to come out of the gate with a double album. No, 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 no. That might be considered In fact, everyone's saying right? that even doing one album is like, you know, a terrible thing for us to you do. You should be doing an EP first. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, and then the album. Well, yeah. Anyway, so between... Well, the, and remember, you can always repeat songs on an album that are on an EP. Well, that's, so. that's pretty much... Every other band in the world has done it. Right, so. you know, or even, like, re-record the second album when you get signed to major So the line from Aliens, Rex, getting back to Right. That. So between what Christina was telling me about how completely irritated she was about, uh, understandably, being bought over and over again uh, without... Ever having volunteer put yourself I on the option no block, idea, and then no. no one knows what that actually even was. Um, but uh, that's that's how this, which is an, an un- you know, completely incomplete song, happened. Well, <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to say the line from Alien that you. It's right there. I um, say we take off and nuke the site from orbit. It's the <laughs> only way to be sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's that a... opens and closes that. Song, which is that's a song in progress. Very much so, yeah. Um, Got a couple others. One about our um, 
Dear friend from Carrie. Listen to the wind blow, watch the sunrise. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, with Mac in there. Yeah, it, thank you for noticing that. I mean, it's it's the it was the same tempo and basically the same key. You don't love me now. <laughs> and we we never love me again. Obviously, I can still hear you say you will never love. Never break, break the chain. Break the chain. So yeah, yeah, Stevie and Lindsay in full effect here. Say um, never love instead of never um, break. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, you know, this is what it's looked like that's awesome um that's awesome and um so yeah i mean we're we're writing there's it's definitely a, a forward-looking thing you know that's good um that's good uh yeah right now i mean yeah i mean we do have the material for those two records that that, that exists already um usually people are struggling to fill up people who, who always says you guys can play for 45 minutes Oh, um, there's lots of people. Friends of ours are like, you guys can play for 45 minutes? We could play for... An hour and a half. Easily. Um, <laughs> we're not doing it. In Want the, us to headline doing, the theater? We, <laughs> we're doing it wrong. Boom you know? goes the dynamite. But, uh, you guys are good. You guys are, you guys are good too much material. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it really it does kind of fly that way. And, um, you, know, you guys have much, too much material, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we can't figure out when, when we... like. For a second, think that we've got a half hour set to do. Oh, that's so difficult to cut it down to a half an hour, and every time we have to do that, what do you like, leave out? Exactly. Which of your children do you leave at home? Correctly. I mean, that's what yeah, it is. It is. That's, it is. that's what yeah. it is. It's like which um, of your children do you leave at home? And, and it takes way more than a half an hour to break everything down, load it up into a well, van. Yeah. Set yeah, yeah, it up, yeah. 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 Break it down. Yeah, yeah. Bring it all back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All for this little. Oh yeah. Hour. Well, I mean. Think about every concert, every gig you've ever seen. Yeah. The setup thereof. Yeah. I mean, you go to a concert. They spend four days. You're going to be there for three hours tops. Right. right. Yeah. They spent four days bringing that shit in from the truck. Yeah. Right. Putting it up, running the cables, running the lights, putting the lights where they need to go, and then programming everything. Yeah. Four days, and then you go there for three hours, and then that that night at 11 or midnight or whatever, they start tearing the shit down and taking yeah. it back to the truck. Right. Yeah. A whole team of people. <laughs> you know? I mean, you think of how much production behind the scenes goes into what you actually just see oh, in yeah. front of you. Yeah. I mean, then, think about movies. You watch oh, a movie for an hour and a half. That's only a year or more. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you, you can hang in there and watch all the credits and and see just how long that goes on. And even for the the small amount of people that represents our crew, my uh, my father insists that uh, the, the the credit sequences at the end of I mean, not the post credit sequence, but the, the the whole like you know twenty minutes of credits is bullshit. That it should go back to just title card front of the movie, title card at the end of the movie. Right. You, know? And, you know, we got the internet now. If you want to see who was in the who did you know was the and third. That's, that's who was, on, third, on TV who was goes, the third? Yeah, who was the third best boy in this thing? You can go on the internet and look it up. You can go on IMDb and look that shit up. But I like in TV shows now. They're like, like, boom. Tip title card, boom, out. No big long theme song. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I do have a nostalgia in my heart for theme songs from the well, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And it's actually, funny because yeah. one of, one of our songs, responsible. I see that on a TV show. I see that as opening yeah. up a TV show. Yeah. I mean. It's it's like the Cheers theme for me. Yeah, it, yeah. And it, right, but it also is something that's easily broken down into bumper music. You know, it doesn't resolve, and then yeah. you know, and there's then, no coda. You know, doesn't, yeah, yeah, and then you know, Phoebe's getting something off the stove or whatever. Right, and so you're you're all good. Or the uh, what is it? The uh, yeah, or like, um, but now now it's like like all the Law and Order shows. Dun dun. 
That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Title Which is, there's a genius to that when you can actually have just two notes. Yeah. Uh, that, that signifies your entire. And they're the same note. Proper. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we actually have looked at the nature of our songs and the fact that they're also character driven and um, said, well, we could actually make a stage show out of this, you know. Um, oh, yeah. We were going to write a, a rock opera. <laughs> well, I, awesome. I wouldn't go that far. Maybe a pop opera. A pop opera. Sort of a... Pop opera. Ooh, I just came up with a new word. Pop opera. All right. Hey, I think it needs to be done. Deepak pop opera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just sort of were like, well, this character in this song and this situation kind of dovetails with that one. So, I mean, the, basically... We, well, come on. Think about who you grew up idolizing. Robin Hitchcock, the master storyteller right. who rambles for an hour. Exactly. For, but, but he rambles nonsensically between songs... Thank Christ, but yeah, you know, you know, not that we don't. Um, Woe to you, said the, yeah. the woman, you know, the the goddess on the on the on the petrol pumps, you know. Yeah. You know and then he goes right into the song, right. which just goes to show that there's a you know a thin line between love and pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were actually thinking these characters make so, and so much of it's bar centric. We were this really rough idea of yeah. this show that was just called Bar. Bar and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, Bar. it has yeah. to be at this uh, you know critical moment when sure. all these situations that are dovetailing together are going to come to a head. Yeah. But the backstories are in the songs and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just pie in the sky. <laughs> oh, no, it's a good idea. It, I it, like it. It was, and that was kind of your your brainstorm. Well, that's my um, background. Well, it sounds Here. like this is this is a good this is a good collaboration collaboration and and and. You guys already have generated so much material in effort of this this thing you've created that, that started, you know, with your son and and, and moving on and, and and you're you're continuing on and, and continue you know, and that, and that's really the name of the game, really. Well I don't you know, both because of what it is that we do and everything that's going on around it. Don't know what we would do without it. I don't either. I don't. I think I would never ever get out of bed. Probably. Well, yeah. Is, this is your thing that gets you out of bed. This is this is your this is your your mo- motivation to your your overcoming basically. You're, yeah. you're you're moving on with things. And when the hell? I mean, when the hell does that happen? I mean, when we first brought this back out to the community after Ian was gone, uh, this was something we were talking about. Before, yeah, um, I think people were amazed that you could, yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. You know? so, yeah. So quickly after it happened, you were up and said, like, "Well, I gotta." And, and your your husband said, "You gotta, you and, got, we've got, you yeah. gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta." And it was really, it was as important to everyone else as it was for me to be there with them, yeah, and experiencing, yeah. And I, I mean, people saw. People saw strength in it. Yeah, people saw strength and hope in it. Totally, but it's inspirational. But that's, you know what? That's why what, what no one really understands is it. It was hard. It was. Well, yeah. It was fucking hard. It well, was. But it was, see, I mean, but 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 people can conceptualize that, even though they don't know. Even though they don't know, they haven't experienced what you've experienced. But they have an inkling based on just the human condition. Yeah. And they can understand to a degree along the line of how hard that must be. Therefore, seeing you out there doing this in spite of this hard thing that I can't conceive of. Wow. It's inspiring. And and, and that's one of the reasons why I think 
why this is so important to talk about and why I'm so very glad and honored to, to be talking about this on the podcast because it's inspirational. Well, the thing for me that I realized almost immediately after I was told um, that he was gone that this wasn't just happening to me, that yeah. it was happening yeah. to everyone, yeah. everyone that knew and loved him, yeah. everyone. Yeah. And the other parents and, of the other kids who and died and, and and the parents and the families and the friends of the kids who survived. Exactly. And it's and, happening to all of you all at the same time. And I mean, it's, it's a board, I mean, like I say, people, one for one thing, people don't understand necessarily how hard it was. They probably do on an instinctive level, but... The thing is, we were. I, I can't imagine. The we were just. We had the groundwork. We had this gift of being able to do. It wasn't just our strength. It wasn't just your strength. But you had already was, done all this work before that, and it, you already had this this thing built. Yeah. That you could then. That he was a part of. Yeah, a part of. We could continue. Right. Yeah. Right, I mean, right, right. it wasn't. Like it was created in tribute, it was a continuation. And I guess the most one of the most wonderful things is being able to, because we went to the funerals of the other kids and meeting um, Jake's dad, Andy Nasso. He uh, he's a musician. Told me he was a musician too. Yeah. And um, they ended up coming out to see us, and mm-hmm. they ended up coming out to play with us. Nice. Yeah, it's a, a band, yeah. That's, that's the his wife. The name of that band. We'll coordinate this later, but that band is called Slow Burn, Slow Burn and, and Mantis. Yes. And the links, I'll, I'll take care sure, of Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Send me links that'll all go up. I'll put, link, I'll put links. Um, links, links. Um, Andy and Don were able to shine in their deepest, darkest moments, too. And yeah. we were able to do it together. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And uh, well, it, it provides the beginning of healing. I mean, it really—it's it never the wound never closes completely, but it provides healing to the point where you can get out of bed. It's like you said, without this thing, you wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, and I, and that—that's what you've I, got. I almost walked away from all of it, even teaching music. I, I almost thought it's too much. It yeah, would be yeah. too much to even yeah. totally and try. It's still. It still is difficult. I mean, it still gets me. It and, still gets me. And I'll tell you about and it this, will. And this, it will. this. This woman does not like to go venture out into the world, um, and it's understandable why. And it's this kind of strange miracle that once a month she not only goes out into the world but performs and brings joy to just so many people. Yeah. Going to the store is hard for her. Yeah. Um, and but doing this and this is before even the first show with Ian she was really you know almost paralyzed by stage fright not sure if she could do it at all that's and then, why we started going to karaoke so I could get over it yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and after everything that's happened um, uh, she's just a, an absolute natural a, a joy to work with I wouldn't do this with anyone else it's very kind you're very talented Rex <laughs> well, that's well speaking as someone who's known you for as long as I haven't heard stuff from you yeah I agree I, I concur well this is this is a, a more well 
Just take it, Rex. All right. <laughs> just, Jesus, just take the compliment. Right. Fine, 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 fine. Well, we're um, well, uh, almost at an hour and a half. And um, this, as I said, this has been inspirational and amazing and an honor to to be with you to talk about the band and, the, and your son and, 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 and all these things and, and to have a real genuine emotional moment here with the two of you. So, and that, that, it makes me feel, it makes me, it, it kind of cements hammers home that me doing this podcast is what I need to be doing. One of the things I need to be doing. Right. So thank you for that. Thank you for um, being here. Yeah. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll put up, so pl- plug your, plug your shit. Give me, give me, uh, addresses, sites, okay, so Twitters, of, Facebooks, next- whatever. We're doing a sort of acoustic gig because our talented drummer, Sean Barillas, cannot be with us. Because he's furthering his education. He is. He, he goes to school until 10 o'clock that, you know, on, on Wednesdays. Wednesdays mm-hmm. And we happen to so, book a gig on Wednesday. Yeah. So our yeah. friend Scott Fuchs, one of the owners of the other bar, is playing. The other door. Um, other door yeah. bar. Uh, our, uh, our David Byrne, our, our erstwhile David Byrne. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be sitting in on Cajon for us cool. that night. Um, Boom. And that is what day is it? Uh, April twenty second. April twenty second, Wednesday. Um, uh, and yeah, International Pop Overthrow Festival in, in San July. Diego and Los um, Angeles. We in haven't July. really booked anything else yet because of our recording right now. Sure, sure. But we'll probably have a gig at um, the Food and Lounge again. Yeah, or, or CIA. I mean, uh, yeah, just CIA watch. CIA is a basically, great place to go. Basically, oh, if you haven't been there. I love CIA. Yeah, I've been, I, I used I'm, to. I actually. I know you do. My yeah. very first uh, photography art show was at CIA. California Institute, Institute of, of Abnormal, Abnormal Arts. Arts. Yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic place. Uh, fantastic. Place. I used to go to. Uh, I used to go to Fright Night there all the time. Yeah. Noah Noah Corda, who does uh, Bath Stay in the Fun Park, former guest of the podcast, right. he did a thing there forever called Fright Night, where he would take an old horror movie from the forties, fifties, sixties. And show it, and then sell a bunch of merch and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, ca- I, um, saw, I saw the Tingler there. there, and they threw Tinglers at us. It was yeah. it was in forty. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? And that's something that's uh, else that's just incredible about this experience for us is um, from our very humble beginnings, right? <laughs> as music teachers slumming it on the side, sure. trying to play a coffee house every once in a while. Is that we're now out and about, and we know the the people in the clubs. We know the other bands. Um, uh, people recognize. Well, I mean, we're kind of recognizable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like the two of us together, particularly. Yeah. You know, you kind of <laughs> say, "Oh, that's those guys from that band." Um, uh, that uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, oh, it, yeah. it, it's, it's hard great. to go to the store, but then you're a celebrity of a certain kind. You know, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two of us together in particular are. Easily recognizable, like I said, and uh, um, uh, that's a community thing too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's uh, um, something that's been really profound. I mean, the people, the bands, the musicians that we've connected with, and um, just uh, on a pretty deep level, have nothing to do with each other. I mean, no, but they're they're fantastic. They're so diverse. I mean, you know, um, it's not sort of just like hanging out with people in your own ghettoized genre. We or, played with a funk band yeah. called Funksta, Funksta at Paladinos. It was <laughs> tremendous fun. In Tarzana, yeah. and and they adored us, and we adored them, and um, you know, and of course, there's these the occasional you know uh, semi like minded indie rock band, but I mean, it's nothing to do with. Um, 
genre. The genre, it's the mindset. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's it, just making you, people happy. It's yeah. cool and groovy and hanging the, out and the enjoying, it, enjoying life. Yeah. Music. And the Funkster guys actually said something to us which made sense on, you know, uh, reflection, which was that, you know, we'd love to play with you guys. We try to play with rock bands, rock, rock bands, but for, you know, people who haven't heard us, you know, we're not uh, hard rock. No. You know, what would we say? I mean, we're, right. we're happy being a, an intimate kind of... We, we say we're making a watermelon. You know, this organic. <laughs> right. uh, we're not making a sports car, we're, we're making a watermelon. Yeah, it's not uh, It's not about precision, it's not about being badass. It's organic it's and kind of artsy and Storytelling and get, warm, but get. I guess what, what I got from that was that, you know, uh, a, and a rock band um, can be a very uh, look-at-me uh, kind of thing. Whether it be about um, uh, uh, trying to get laid or trying to express the deep, deep pain that you have inside that sure. you tried and tried to hide sure. so much you almost died. Yeah. Um, that uh, what we do, although it falls within that sort of rock realm and that storytelling realm, is pretty inclusive. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. a, like the funk show with us, as much as our music is different. Yeah. Is inclusive and fam- I mean, for God's sake, your yeah, your daughter's on like stage family. with you. Yeah, yeah. You That's know, cool. my daughter is occasionally. Well, it's too. a family affair, and, and, yeah. and it's it's we're the postmodern fan, or the we're the post punk partridge family. Yeah, there's really, no, there's you know, nothing uh, wrong with 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 being happy. I mean, as much as yeah. as much as you know, being angry or being sad is cool, and you know, and being standoffish is cool. There's nothing yeah. wrong with being happy. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no. There's no illegitimacy to happiness. Yeah, I mean, and that's, as much as people try to shit on things and say, "Well, I have to, I have to be negative about this so I can be real." Well, happiness can be real. Yeah, absolutely. Happiness and joy and genuine, yeah, the genuine liking, kind of the anti hip, the antithesis to hipsterism. Or badass. Nothing you know, wrong with um, that. Yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with genuinely being happy and genuinely wanting to spread that and genuinely liking things. And, right. Yeah, and that's I what agree. that's what this podcast is all about. Is liking stuff. And yeah. Occasionally, yeah. you know, I poo poo a poo poo a thing here or two, but I try As to keep it, I try to keep it positive, and I try to. Um, try to uh, you know just be more about what I like. Yeah, and there's yeah, nothing wrong with I agree with that. Happy. But I mean, essentially, whatever gets you through the night, sure, you know, is all whatever, right. Is what, all right. What, yeah, right. <laughs> whatever is useful to you, whatever helps you cope with sure, life. Sure. Um, and if it if it is something that helps you process your anger and that kind of thing, then that's absolutely fine. Um, and of course, we both respond to stuff like that on in you know on some levels. But what we do. Is I mean I guess to say it's making people happy is a little yeah. bit a little bit too uh, maybe a push too far because we do try to give people something to think about and and well well I mean, we, just we, because we speak just because of, you're we, happy doesn't necessarily mean there's no there's no uh, weight to it or, or well I mean in some of our, some of our stuff is really sad happiness yeah. doesn't have Ex- to be doesn't have to be non substantive right. right I mean a great deal of our stuff is very sad and, yeah. and heartbreaking, um, but in a way that's meant to be um, experienced, it, enjoyed. It's, yeah, yeah, experiential. And, well, and, I mean, yeah. like, maybe we should close by talking about what what the name of the band indicates. Oh yeah. Well, um, 
because it's a badass name. I mean, not badass in the right. Sense yeah, that I love that. Yeah, about, the armoires. I mean, that, but it's very singular. I we think, had we had trouble really finding a band name because it's like it's your aunt's bedroom, right? But every time, every time one of us That's came great. up with something that would be kind of cool, um, we'd look it up on the internet, and there was a band in New Zealand, or a band in England, or a yeah. band in Ohio. It didn't or a band used to in be a problem that and you would just be happily, blissfully unaware that there was an armoires in Dublin. Or, this you know, actually went Antwerp. on for so many weeks that we we made a game out of it, guessing where the band was from, what the genre was. <laughs> yeah. and you come um, up, you come up with a band name, and you know it's already there. So you just Google the, whatever you just came up with. What's your favorite fake band name? Toxic Penguin. Toxic Penguin Band. You type that into Google, yeah. and, and it comes up. As soon as it comes up, you put the phone down. Boom. Okay. Everyone around us. Okay. Country Where, of origin. Country of origin. <laughs> or region of or origin. Or region. Even. Yeah. Or state or city or uh, whatever, if you yeah. want to be specific. And then genre. Genre. And so everybody um, comes up with whatever genre or place they think they're from. So I think... And then you check it. Yeah, Toxic Penguin, this is probably a math rock band from Toledo. <laughs> right? And Christina, what's, what's, punk band, what's your yeah. guess? Are you a punk band from... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Punk band from... Iceland or something. That's good. Okay, so if I, I've taken a stateside location, you can trump me by going uh, sure, sure, European. Sure. Prog rock band from New Zealand. I don't. Zealand. Know. Okay, so she's gone farther. Okay, <laughs> so then you look it up. You find out what the genre is. That's sort of a judgment call. Um, what uh, whether uh, math or prog is closer to their actual, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, genre. yeah. But uh, the geography is pretty straightforward. I mean, if if they're from Australia, New Zealand wins, you know. Right. And in fact, if they're from uh, San Diego, my uh, Toledo wins because everyone else went international. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, one day I was in my car and it just came to me: the armoires. What about the armoires? And I, I think I called you or something. Or uh, texted you at yeah. some point and said, "What about the Armors? Is there a band called the Armors?" And you you actually liked it right away. I did, yeah. And then, but the, I couldn't believe that no one would already have. That it wouldn't be taken. But right. it wasn't yeah. taken. Yeah. We looked it Sounds up. Sounds like it wasn't a, taken. You know, awesome. And a, a twee band from uh, Scotland, maybe. You know? So our little motto is Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, from Bell and Sebastian side project. Opening, yeah. opening band. Yeah, yeah. So our little uh, <laughs> motto is anything could be inside. Which is, I mean, you keep souvenirs in there, you keep... Um, Clothes or whatever. That don't fit anymore, right. old yeah. Halloween costumes, ticket stuff. There stubs. could be a boggart in there. Right, sad. easily. Keeping it nerdy. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, st- yeah, holiday stuff. Um, Costume uh, jewelry. And we just thought that, you know, looking at our set of songs, which are all, you know, stories and remembrances and kind of reveries of characters and things like that, that like... These and this was before we had quite as much tragedy to look back on. Um, although everyone does, you know, everyone has their experiences that they they put away. Oh yeah. And um, you know, every once in a while, you'll you'll pull out the box because you need the little um, you know the, uh, splitter jack that I just had to find <laughs> that I bought at uh, Radio Shack in uh, Kaiser, West Virginia, in 1988 or whatever. And you find an old letter. And there's an old got... letter, yeah, or you know. Um, bag with a charm in it or anything like that and suddenly you're back there and you're back there for maybe about four and a half minutes mm-hmm. about as long as it takes to do a pop song yeah. with a little bit of space out in the middle of it for the guitar solo or the viola <laughs> break um, and um, then you put it back in this sort of lovingly crafted perhaps battered quirky old piece of furniture that doesn't fit with anything else and um, you're done but we think of ourselves as 
kind of sing those reveries and cool. you know as we as we proceed we gain more of those reveries to sing and yeah it's a very comforting name it, it, it evokes a comforting a feel of, yeah. of yeah yeah Old piece of furniture. Old what home. Could be you said you said your aunt's. What, what did you, like you say? Your aunt's bedroom. Your aunt's like, bedroom. Like a piece of furniture. It's fantastic. In your aunt's bedroom. We're going to yeah. steal that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Send residuals to something to it. <laughs> well, you know, so. when you design the, the the cover for the record you know, <laughs> again, I will be happy. To. <laughs> um, plug your stuff. Where can people find you online? Let's have websites and and Sally. We would like to do the honors. Facebook.com slash the Omars. Good. No dot, no dot in there. It's Thiermoors, T H E A R. You guys got Twitter? Uh, there is a Twitter, yeah. I don't um, know anything about that. Rex and we, that. and we have. I mean, it's just what you'd expect. It's Thiermoors. Thiermoors Twitter. Um, and uh, thearmoors dot com, okay. the official site, which is the only that place that has some really uh, raw scratch demos on it. If yeah. people want to, because we started it. playing live before we had done too much recording, so so is all your stuff up there? Do you have like a SoundCloud or anything like that? There, we have, there's nothing like that actually okay. yet. Right. And like Not I said, yet. ass backwards, thirteen sure. gigs into sure. the into our sure. our existence. And we're finally making it. We're happen. finally <laughs> making it happen. Um, I would direct people. If they go to the official Armors site, mm-hmm. theArmors.com, um, the the best thing that you can hear um, is would be uh, uh, under our music tab. There's a thing that's called Ian's mixes, and so we've talked about Ian. Unhaunted is can, the one that Ian finished, and you can see a video actually as well of Unhaunted um, that was uh, which was filmed by um, our neighbor David, David Lang, Lang, who was in the front <laughs> making Easter eggs right Ooh. now Ooh. as we Easter speak. Those right now are, uh, you know, good a good glimpse into um, Ian's legacy as well as the the best that we have to represent ourselves as we move forward. And those songs will travel with us as we do our new things as well. So, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, under the music tab, I think called Ian's mixes. That's a that's the place to hear Unhaunted and a song called Fort Ashby. Cool. Um, if you actually click on the little Easter egg that has an A on it. That's where you'll hear our demos. Nice. And they're they're very rough, and they don't reflect um, the many, many talented people that have helped us out since then. Um, But it's really rolling right now. I mean, literally, we did this podcast in between me tracking guitar and her tracking keyboards um, to be sent to Toronto. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Because, I mean, we, we, we adore the new pornographers, and we can at least pretend to be a little bit Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are now. Yeah, we're a little bit Canadian now. Yeah. To, like being a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll, <laughs> right. a little bit Canadian, a little bit Burbankian. Um. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks you both. This has been a delight. So, and I, I want to once you guys uh, do some more stuff when the album comes out, we'll have you on again. Okay, great. Right. Thank you. Well, I'm at uh, Saint Michael on Twitter. That's S A Y N T M Y K L. There's also an uh, you can find us as something to XB on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, SoundCloud and our blog at WordPress. That's something to xp.wordpress.com. Please like and subscribe and click and listen and listen to old episodes and get the numbers up. Please rev- like us and review us on Facebook and subscribe on on uh, I'm sorry on iTunes. Um, yeah, like like us on Facebook and Google Plus. And remember, please be kind. <laughs> The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Cesari. You can find us everywhere online as Something2XP. 
please subscribe and review us on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.